Okay, you're all being recorded. No, you don't have to use any last names. All good. Um, now I'm going to go over into Periscope and start that. So if there's anyone that wants to move on that side too, you can do that. Um, let me uh, title this. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you guys that my um, gardeners are here right now. So that should be, <laughs> oh, should be grateful that someone is cutting our lawn, but it always happens on Wednesdays like this. Okay. Okay, um, welcome to, oh, I've encountered something. What the heck happened? Oh, hang on, everyone, I promise. My connection is poor. Well, that's a problem. Maybe I won't be periscoping. Wi-Fi. Come on, Wi-Fi. All right, hold on. Sorry about the delay, everybody. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's usually not a problem. Usually. Sorry, everyone. I am here. I know you might just be hearing nothing right now, but I am here. We'll get going as soon as I start this. Okay. Uh, Periscope. There you guys are. All right. We had a little bit of a problem problem with Periscope working in our favor. Well, welcome as you guys are coming in. Um, I am Elisa Keaton, the founder of a ministry called Revelation Wellness. I'm actually not the founder. God, I believe God is the founder of a ministry called Revelation Wellness. And we are doing um, a 30-day faith, then food and fitness challenge called Clean Harding. And good morning. And this is our week one Q&A call. So we're, I don't even know if we're even a weekend. We're actually three days into something here. And um, hi, good morning. And um, with these types of challenges come questions. And so I wanted to give some time and opportunity to ask your guys, or answer you guys' questions. Because it is a faith, then food and fitness. So the food and the fitness, I know you all are concerned about that to some degree because you brought that, you said that was part of the equation. I say it too, but faith first. I first again want to apologize to you guys. I'm, our gardeners are here right now, so if you're hearing background noise, that's um, them <laughs> gardening. So sorry about that. But we can get past it. Uh, so the questions have been sent over. If you are in uh, the Clean Harding Challenge, you can, uh, if you're on Periscope, you can put up that CH or put some freedom bells up. And three days in, today you guys received your list of food. And I, I don't like, we're not big on rules, 
we're not big on everyone has to do it this way, but we also find the list of the foods kind of help us just <laughs> I wish you could see the gardener right outside my door. So, so. Oh my goodness, David Jesus. Okay. Wow. Good timing. Um, the list helps us to put things in perspective, right? Uh, the first day I asked you how much do you eat out of processed foods or things that um, have a shelf life, to get real honest about that. So we have to also look at what are the foods, again, that are really designed to be living foods, living, living foods. We've talked about that a lot because I'm a living person, I'm a living being, and foods that have a shelf life that will die within two or three days, they are the best foods for me to eat. Um, so today's scripture was from Genesis 1.29, that when God says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food, right? Doesn't sound too exciting when I'm driving by a donut shop. Being really honest, really like donuts. They really like me. And they taste, my pleasure senses light up when I have those type of engineered foods. And I said yesterday on yesterday's call that food has been Franken food, like created for us by a food industry that is engineered food for flavor, for taste, for to get our, our pleasure senses up so that we will buy it again and buy it again, where fruits and vegetables uh, are really what God gave us. And what God gave us is best for our design. But they're not always the most exciting foods. So the food list that you got today is really uh, just kind of an anchoring. I encourage you guys to print it out and put it up on um, your refrigerator or in your pantry or, or on your grocery list, like when you're about to go grocery shopping. Because if you can 90% shop off of what's off that list, and in this month, um, I don't expect, we're calling it clean eating or clean hearting, and I'm not looking for you all to do um, become the food Nazis, you know what I mean, like the food police where you're like, I don't have anything. I would like you to fast any of those foods. It's, it's, a, it's a discipline of giving up the thing that you really want the most for the desire of having God the most. And so if you can pull back on those and really say, 30 days, I'm going to go without these boxed and sugared foods, and these are the foods I'm going to focus on, that would be awesome. Um, I feel like we're getting – I come from such a background as a personal trainer where it's all or nothing because as, for me to be a successful personal trainer, I need you to do everything I say. And then you will create results. And then your results will be also my win, too, because now people want to train with me. But you have to do my plan. And I did that for years, and it worked. But nobody was free, and nobody sustained it. And nobody was really a fun person to be around anymore because all they wanted to do was obsess about the next goal. It was an interesting cycle that you couldn't get out of. And I, in this challenge, I, there's a part of me that wants to get firm with us, church. There's a part of me that wants me to, wants to say to you, this is in you. You have the ability to say no to these things because the living God is inside of you. The same power that conquered the grave lives in you, right? You've heard that song by Jeremy Camp. That is a true statement. It's in you. So you are fully capable. And I believe there needs to be this holy uh, resolution, a holy uh, establishment of our hearts to say, I'm not doing this, not because for my own name or fame or my own value, but because God is better than. He's better than this 
pattern that I usually do. He's better than. And so some of you fall in food fears where you're like, I only eat clean. I do not have a donut. I do not do this. And there's that kind of structure. And really I would say, where's God in that? Because grace abounds. God is about enjoying your life. That if you live in the fear of being fat or the fear of not eating clean, you're not free. If you live in the fear of not being successful and the fear of I can't do it, you're not free either. So only God can bring us to that centered, narrow road. There's a book out. Um, actually, first, the Bible defines food. The first time, I'll get to the question. I just wanted to give you a little teaching as we're going to really talk about food. People are going to ask questions now about food. Um, Sultan, I, in the name of Jesus, I bless and I bless you. Go know the Lord. Um, the food is defined. First time it's used in the Bible is right here, Genesis 1.29. They will be yours for food. Food. First time God speaks the word food. And the word means any, this is in the Bible. You look up the Bible definition of the word. It means any nutritious substance that people or animals eat or drink in order to maintain life and growth. How simple is that? Genesis 1.29. This is the word food in Genesis 1.29. is defined in a biblical definition. Any nutritious substance that people or animals eat or drink in order to maintain life and growth. So you almost could say with everything you're about, that's why in 1 Corinthians 10.31 it can say whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the goodness of God. Do it all to the growth of God. Do it all to the life, the the Shekinah, that power that's in you. Do it all to that, and I'll be good. Now, if I'm at a wedding or a celebration, and I'm afraid to enter the celebration because I might mess up my clean eating, I'm not free. <laughs> and that isn't to the good of God. That isn't to the um, life and the growth and the, and the health of my enjoying life of what God has given me. So that's what any, and I love it says any nutritious substance. And that's really what our standard American diet is lacking is nutrition. Nutrition. That's why it's best to say you don't have a diet, you have a nutrition. You, you just, you eat nutrients every day. Everyone is eating. Uh, there's a book out called um, The End of Dieting. You can get it or not get it. It's not like I don't really love it, but there's some really good science in it. And um, the guy talks about um, high-nutrient food, that if we would just eat a diet that's more high-nutrient food. So he just looks at nutrients. You look at something and you go, how nutritious is this for me? What's the nutrient content of it? So what's the value in nutrients? And then you divide that by the calories, which is the energy that it will provide for you, um, and that will tell you whether it's a health food, whether it's a good food for you. So the nutrients, health, uh, a healthy diet is, nutrients of the food divided by uh, the calories, right? So think about that. A donut, very low density of nutrients, very high calories. Um, broccoli, very high nutrients and low calories. So you can eat plenty and more of it. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? But I also thought about this today because it's not about the food. Our, what we put hand to mouth what we do, hand to mouth, is really just a response. It's a, a, a response, a, a need to some emotion that we're having, some thought that we're believing, because we aren't, our bodies are the external action of something going on either around us or in us. Amen? My used food 
in correlation to what's going on around me and what's going on in me. Um, so you can think of it this way. Emotional health, like emotional health, what's going on inside of me, uh, will dictate what I do with my food and health and all that. So think about this little, it says about nutrients. Uh, like a healthy food is a nutrient divided by a calorie. A healthy emotion or a healthy, stable life is what, how important is this thing to me? So take the relationship. I'm having this relationship with a, a situation with my husband or my work or my boss. There's some relationship that is probably, it was maybe with my parents. It's some relationship because all of life is relational. Everything about life is just about relationships. That's why you should all consider doing way less to feed more if you really want to go into these deeper places about the relationship. Everything is about relationship because God is a God of relationships. He wants your attention through this. So in relationship to God, then we have relationship to people and to creation, and our relationships are stable and whole, and then we can build a life on that. But when our relationships are broken between God and people, uh, between my parent, my husband, or whatever, then I'll tend to take all my life circumstances and run it through that filter, and then I have this emotional weight that I carry around. So think about this. When the next time you are feeling stressed or whatever, because your hand-to-mouth is just a reaction of what you're thinking or feeling, um, what is the value of this situation? How important is this situation to me? So... My marriage, how important is this? It's very important to me this matters. I have to remember value. I value this. I value this. How much calories, how much energy of my life should this take? Or how, many, how, many energy, how much energy am I willing to expend for that? High. So when you have high and high, then it's worth something. It's something of high value that you're really willing to highly work and expend energy in then your health will be balanced. It'll be a sub-zero, right? So if I do 400, I'm measuring things here, but if my marriage, I would rate it on a scale of 1 to 100 is 100, and how much energy am I willing to give it? I'd like to give it 100, although I don't always. Then 100 divided by 100 is zero, right? Or one, I guess you'd call it. 100, I think 100 divided by 100 is <laughs> zero. Zero's out. Balance. It's leveled. But let's say I have, I need to think about value. If I have a job situation where I'm really, I feel less than, I didn't get invited to that project, and I feel really pushed out. I value my job at what level, okay? And then what, how much energy am I willing to give it? And if I get those equal, then something else in my life has to give. You have to know your priorities from the inside out. And that's what I hope this 30 days will help you do as you're doing the workouts, going through the study, and asking the questions of what God's really getting at. Because in the end, he doesn't care if you have six-pack abs or a thigh gap. He just does not. I don't. It is not on his list of priorities. His list of priorities is your freedom and your heart and your wholeness. And from that, then your priority of marriage, relationship, friendship can fall into right alignment. And food and fitness is just like the smallest thing, isn't it really? Like it's really kind of the end. That's why Jesus says, hey, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about it. Those are needs. God will meet them. But we've made them the point. Every magazine tries to tell us this is what we should look like. Every um, anti-aging cream tells us I should do this or shouldn't do that because it's the point instead of what's really the point. 
Know your priorities. Just as with food, we gave you this list today and go, these are really high priority foods. These are good foods to say, this, I'm going to make this a priority. And all these other things will fall in. All right, so I'm going to move to answering some questions. Let's see here. I got to open up my email. All right, this first one is from Beth. Uh, it was a, kind of a lengthy, so I'm going to sum it up. She says, I'm wondering how to set up guidelines for proper eating or proper thinking about myself. Wow, I think we just talked about this. Guidelines, priorities, okay? I understand that we don't want laws, which she says I gravitate to when I'm attempting to break off, break off the overeating. But there has to be a way to set something up. See, she really wants some guidelines, some laws. And she says it herself, but she also knows we're looking for freedom. I've lived my life in the category of just eat whatever. Eat whatever feels good and just forget about the consequences. I usually put it under the guise of, well, I've earned this by working so hard today. And that increases the feeling of justification in my mind. I've lost 60 pounds a few years ago by setting up rules. And I want badly to be able to have the structure in my eating that does make me cringe at the thought of how I feel when I break the law. Mm. She wants something that makes her cringe at the thought of how she feels when she breaks the law. If that is to come later in the teaching, I can't wait. Yeah. Okay, so here's the, here's the deal, all of us. We are all breaking free from orphan mentality. We are all, we, we, we're singing, he's a good, good father, he's such a good, we all love it, but we don't really believe it. And orphans know how to measure and count and keep things a law, by, and they also know how to binge, they know how to hoard, and then they know, oh, let me get back in step, let me shame myself, because they know shame, they know how to do this, um, uh, we call it the rinse and repeat cycle of sin. You do it, you rinse, you repeat. You do it, you rinse, you repeat. And it gets us through, but we're exhausted. It's like this, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and, and, and getting the same results, right? God wants to move us from, I, I, can, I cannot say this enough, and I know this is where I lose people because they want results. And I really want to give you results, but I cannot give them to you fast. God wants to go deep into the heart of who you are as his son and as his daughter and who he is as the father. So it all comes down to the identity. And Jesus says that himself. He knows the father. Because he knows the father, he delights in doing his will. And so this really is, um, I would say to this person, make God love your law. Make his love your law. Like, Father, you love me. What would you want for me to eat right now? What is it you want me to be thinking in this situation that's driving me to do hand to mouth and to do my thing? I want to know your love, God. I want to know your love. Because the love of God breaks the law. It really does. It breaks the law of the flesh. It breaks the rules. His love is grace, and grace breaks all the chains. But we, it's a longer, slower walk to take. But I tell you right now, in the name of Jesus, those who say, I'm done. I cannot do another Weight Watchers. I cannot do another rule counting. I don't want to count my calories. I cannot do it anymore. Listen, you're one day closer than to go back into the program and, and get your results. You're now closer to ever being free that you'll ever be. 
and really in the end of our life, I just sit there and go, no one's going to sit there and go, I wish I gained less weight. <laughs> you would say, man, I wish I would have, did I really drink it in? Did I really, was I present to my family? Was I present to every moment? Did I bring my beauty to every situation? Make God's love your lot, and his love breaks all rules and change. It's it goes beyond what I can teach you about. I mean, I can teach you what I know, but you have to know it for yourself. And it's moving from that orphan spirit, friends, to a, a, a position, a certainty of knowing you are a beloved child of God. And it takes a longer road. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anyone that's like, I really thought you were going to give me some steps, Alisa, and then throw Jesus in there. I can't do it. It would be duplicitous of me. It would. It, nothing in the gospel tells me to do that. Everything in the gospel tells me to go out and make disciples. And I would love to see your heart discipled and formed and conformed and transformed into a daughter or a son of God. And then all those cravings we have begin to they just fall away. They just get smaller and smaller. And smaller. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be delighted in. Let him delight in you. You delight in him. And he'll give you all the desires. And our desire, his desires are not usually the same as ours. I said that in yesterday's teaching. He never promised us the thigh gap. He promised us to close the gap between him and God. He never promised us cut abs. He promised us contentment in him. The kind that whether we're abounding or abasing, we can say, I'm counting it all joy. So to that friend, I would say continue on. Carry on this journey, but make God's love your law. That's it. Because his love sets us free. Then I have nothing else. In my home, we have a bottom line rule. Even I'll show you guys a painting maybe sometime in the challenge. But literally, we make no decisions in this house based on fear. Every decision we make is based on love. Love of God and love for our family. And sometimes it causes us to take great risks, right? Because fear would say, I always say this, my, my son is um, five foot, or no, yeah, well, he's tiny. I'm tiny. So my little son, he's four, all of a sudden he, he's had a growth spurt. But when he was in sixth grade, he was just tiny, and he wanted to play football. And he's tiny, like he's the size of a fourth grader going out to play sixth grade football. And my husband was against it. And he said, he's going to get crushed. He's, not only that, he's not very good. <laughs> and my husband was just we're trying to protect him. He's a good father. My husband's a good father, but his motive was truly based on fear that of, our, of our son getting hurt, of our son being rejected and dejected and not good enough, and he wasn't very sporty. And so my, my husband was trying to protect him from the, the shame or the defeat. And one more, I just said to my, son, my husband, we're not doing it. He wants to do it, and we're going to believe the best. We're going to love him, and we're going to believe God's love for him, that this is a desire for him that why would we crush it? And so we sent him out onto that football field. He joined the team. And honestly, it was a pivotal, seminal time in my, my son's life, and I think for my husband too. It blossomed my son. Yeah, he, kind of, he sat on the bench most of the time, but he believed, he enjoyed being a part of the team, and the team enjoyed him. It blossomed him in ways. Um, did he, could he have taken the message of sitting on the bench as I suck? Yes, but you know why he didn't? Because he has two good parents that go, oh, God, you're great. You are great. Look at how great. Like, and we kept saying, your job, anyone seen the movie Rudy? 
like just get in there and make that first string work for it. Your second string, you just work hard. You just throw. You might never get on the field, but work hard at it. We gave him purpose in his bench sitting. We gave him great design and, and delight in what he was doing. And that type of, this matters, this matters, this matters, instead of us sitting back and measuring and saying, why aren't you out on the field today? Why aren't you out on the field today? What have you done right? How can you do it better? Amen? Love. Love breaks us free from all those rules of constraints. Love that. So good. Yes, your son too. Okay, this is another one from Sarah. Does clean eating mean like vegetarian diet or, or is meat allowed? No. Uh, meat is allowed uh, unless you feel like a vegetarian. I said this before. Some of you will eat meat. Some of you won't. Um, I'm a meat eater, but I also want the meat to be very clean. I tend to, I notice that I will gravitate a lot towards red meat. Uh, I think I believe my blood type, and I know that too, tends to want that more. But I also know there's a line where then I'm eating it all the time, like because then I, that's just I just want that. And when I know I could have some fish or I could have um, some chicken, something different. So uh, yeah, meat can be a part of it, but I would say it's real. It goes back into how is the how is the animal cared for? Was it treated with antibiotics? Was it I, I mean, I believe God would honor that too. But again, the food industry has made it very hard for us to access these types of foods at a lower cost. That's why farmers markets are your best friends. So if you can find a farmers market, I think I'm answering someone else's question in terms of cost, like cutting down on cost. Um, going to farmers markets, many kind will always save you. Cuts out the middleman. Um, most of the meats that you can find there will be um, clean and um, farm fresh. So those are always great. Um, you also don't always have to eat animal meat. You can do tofu. I, my kids love that. So experiment with some other types of proteins. And, and um, that's the great part about meat is it is a complete protein. Um, and uh, Aldi. Anyone heard of Aldi, A-L-D-I? Google Aldi in your area. And on, on Periscope, if you guys have any other ideas for um, cost-effective ways of eating um, well eating clean, as we say it. And whenever I say that word, it just to me means eating God's way because God is clean. I am not. God is clean. I desire to be like him. Aldi is your jam. Yeah, Aldi. So Google Aldi in your, in your area code or whatever, and you might be able to find it. Basically, they get, it's really cool. It's a low overhead store that brings fruits, vegetables, everything fresh, but really low cost. But they take out all the middleman. There's no, um, like, I think they don't even give you grocery carts. Like, you have to rent the carts. There is no checkout person. There's no baggers. Like you, they just, it's very low cost. They keep the cost down so they can get the food to you at a lower price. So, all right, she asked this. Oh, that was her number two question, or number three question. Uh, this is a medical question. Do you think eating processed foods, foods with gluten and GMOs, is linked to behavior problems in children, like ADHD, hyperactivity? Temper tantrum, temper, temper tantrum. The reason I ask because I notice my two-year-old gets very rambunctious and irritable. Um, you know what? I'm going to go on. I, I, my sense, I have no, I haven't really studied the medical this or that. And I feel like whenever I study anything in the medical world, you get something that says this and then you get something that says that. Because often behind the studies is somebody pushing money to get their side proven right. 
Um, my so I go a lot off of my gut instinct and there's rev rev movement, that's Diana. Um, yes, I would say yes, it is connected because this goes back to giving us food for life and growth. Those types of foods with um, GMOs or that have been processed have lost their uh, their real value. Remember the nutrition, so high nutrition value um, and not necessarily high calorie. So that is something um, I think can absolutely affect us. So it's something to be wise about. Ask the Lord, pray, um, ask him to convict you on it in terms of where you're supposed to stand until you're supposed to move somewhere else. But sometimes we'll spend a lot of seasons going in and out and in and out. That's why I'm hoping this 30 days that you guys just establish it. Like, I'm going to trust the Lord here. I'm not going to give myself the permission to live by my flesh because that's what sloppy grace does. Sloppy grace goes up. Let me pull out the grace card. Let me throw that down. Let me get my do-over. I don't... That's kind of grace. Grace is what resurrected Jesus from the grave, right? Why else would he say, I'm going to go ahead and come back to cover everyone else's sin? Not only come back, cover your sin, but give you myself. That's grace. I don't deserve the living God inside of me. But grace says, yes, I do. Okay. That was from Sarah. This question, I'd love to know what you recommend when it comes to eating. Realizing the extremes do exist, obsessing and neglecting. Amen. Hey, thanks for sharing, you guys. Thank you on Periscope. Do you promote tracking food, whether it be calories or points? Well, let me ask that. Let me answer that first question. Do I promote tracking food? I promote uh, an awareness. I don't like. I don't care for points. Um, or yeah points, but I do think if you haven't written down, again, we fall into two categories, obsessing and neglecting, people that always write down everything all the time, and they keep their points, and they have their MyFitnessPal, and they all day long. Um, I believe they need to pull back, take a fast, take a break. Scary, super scary to ask people that do that all the time to take a break. Um I think there might be there's seasons or time. I, I think if someone went into it and said, Lord, I feel called to really track my points and do this, um, keep me free, could he? Yeah. Is it going to be really tricky? Yes. <laughs> because our flesh would rather have the point and have the tracking system than to desire a greater knowing of God. It says, my sheep know me and they hear my voice and they know me. That must mean God is talking all the time. Again, I just feel like the food and all of it is a way that God wants to awaken us to become available and thriving and growing disciples. Um, this woman here said, I use my fitness pal to make sure I was getting enough protein. Yeah, I think you can, like, use it in terms of, let me become aware. Let me just become aware of stuff. That's why I tend to have people write things down. Just to become aware. What are you, for people that haven't written anything down, start writing it down. Become aware. For people that are super and hyper vigilant and aware, it, you're, I, freedom is not there anymore. It might have been there initially. Freedom's a funny thing. It flips on us at some point. I think freedom, we're called to this freedom in Christ. We're like, yeah, I'm all about freedom in Christ. And then Galatians 5 says, we're so great, we're happy you're free, but don't now, don't use your freedom to destroy your freedom. 
so at some point, freedom, yeah, and then it destroys itself because we've gone beyond. We now are using freedom to get what we want instead of harnessing freedom to get out of the places that we're in. Then we kind of all of a sudden take over, right? It's like pushing God out of the driver's seat and going, all right, now let's go to this place instead of like, wait, freedom was taking me. Freedom always has a battle. <laughs> There's always some battle that we're fighting inside of freedom. That's why every person is kind of born for that battle of freedom. So you have to know at some point, freedom for some people could be, all right, the battle me is that I'm going to, I am going to track a little bit and see. But at some point, it flips and you got to get out. So I, I don't know if I'm really answering that question too well. I think, um, do I promote food tracking or would it be calories or points? I, I don't, I, I've never been a real calorie point person. I mean, I mean but see, I kind of have a long history with it. So I did it at one point and it worked. And do I always know that pretty much a piece of chicken breast about the size of my palm is about 100 calories? Yeah, because I knew it. I learned it. But am I, when I make dinner, am I going, oh, that's 120? Here's 100 for my, my son's piece is only 80. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just looking at healthy portions. I actually just really go off of healthy portions. And we're about to get there. So I think I'm going to answer your question. Just hang on. In the day five or six, you're going to find out more. I guess I do have some measurables that you will use, but they're pretty um, organic to you. Yeah, I agree. Portion control, Mama Fit 30Z. Yeah, portion control is better than tracking. It just allows you freedom. Like, all right, this is about if this looks like a reasonable amount. I love, I want to be reliant upon the Lord to tell me, help me to be reasonable here, God, in everything. God, help me to be reasonable with this person I'm really upset with. I want to be reasonable. I want wisdom. I want to be reasonable. I want to know what you know, because what I know uh, is pretty defiled right now. Amen? Ah, yeah, amen. Okay, here we go. Uh, do you advocate for simply eating healthy, making good? Yes, I think I just said that. Yes, yes, there we go. All right, next question. How are we doing? You guys are doing strong on Periscope. Um, and again, if you want to send your email question, I have we have 20 minutes left about, you can email it to um, info at revelationwellness.org, and I'll... I'll see if we can get to them because we're doing pretty good here. All right, this question, we have a couple from Missy, and it says, I know it's not about weight loss, but God does want me to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And no matter how healthy I eat and how much I work out, he does not seem to be meeting me in this suggestion. I love that. Here is why. Uh, in John 5, Jesus comes up to a man, a paralytic on the mat, 38 years. And remember, I read this. I read this par. I read this part of the scriptures Bible when I was 38 years old, and I was like, I was stuck. I could not forgive my husband. I could not love my husband. I thought God was punishing me for not fixing my marriage. That I had been praying that He would fix my marriage, fix my husband's heart, fix my husband. Give me this, God. Like, why are you not? Here I am. I'm faithfully serving you. I'm doing everything. And I just, I was stuck. That happens. The places where you're stuck are really holy places. It's a place where you desperately need healing. Healing. Um, he walks up to a man on the mat, 
and the man is staring at the pools at Bethesda. And there are these pools that all the other lame people are hanging around the pool. Now I'm at the gym. All, all the people on the treadmills hanging around trying to get healthy because when the waters would stir, the first people into the pool would get healed. And so he's just looking at the pools and waiting. And Jesus walks up to this 38-year-old man, invalid, on a mat. And he asks him, do you want to get well? And the man's reply is, Lord, if only I could get into those pools. But every time, every time they stir, I'm the last one. I can't get into the pool. Jesus is standing right there. And the man's looking at the pool. And kind of going, Jesus, get me into the pool. So we go, Jesus, get me healthy. Why aren't you getting me healthy? Said Jesus holds and just looks right to that and says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? And he just eventually tells him to take up his mat and walk. He healed him in a declaration. Oftentimes when we are stuck somewhere and we're like, God, why aren't you giving me this really good thing? Why aren't you giving me my marriage restored? It's a really good thing. You tell me to ask in accordance with your will and it will be done. Aren't you for my marriage, God? Why aren't you doing this? Because he's more about me than he is my circumstance. He's more about my relationship, my love, my freedom, my heart than he is the number on the scale. He doesn't care. I almost think that the person that uh, wrestles with themselves and their body the most is the person he's loving the most. He does that. He just says, I'm just not going to move off of this. The person that's not getting what they want, it's in, because he's got this great affection for you. And I also believe this. You have a powerful ministry waiting for you. I can say that. What he was doing in my marriage at that time was building a ministry in me. Um, this, this, this ministry of Revelation Wellness was birthed out of the most painful time of my life. The most painful time. Because God was healing me. He wasn't giving me what I wanted. He wasn't giving me the results I wanted in my marriage and even in the ministry. It was pretty hard very beginning. And as I just started saying, God, it's me. Heal me. Heal me. I don't care. You know what? I, I asked this question on the last time of the clean hearting call. And I'm going to ask it now. I'm about to drop a bomb, and I may lose some viewers, and some of you may hang up. But I really believe this will be a kind of a thinning of the herd, and it will set the intention for the rest of the time. Would it be worth it in the next 30 days? Would it be worth it if you didn't lose any weight, maybe even gained a pound or two, just giving myself a little wiggle room there, but you knew God more? Would it be worth it if you didn't gain or lose any weight, but you knew God more? Come on. Over on Periscope. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. You want to know God more? You want to know. You, you don't want to sing about the good father anymore. Let's just stop with the lip service already. Let's get in and find out. Why are we singing it? Because that's the song that plays in the atmosphere for us and beckons us to say, now believe it. Forget. Get off the mat and walk. Stop staring at the pool. Sorry, as I went on that hard world of truth, but that is the truth. The minute you can give up. So there's an idolatry of all of us, the thing that we say, God, if only you give us this. 
Everyone write this down because here's the truth about, here's how you know you have an idol. You ready? Here's how you know. And, and let me just say, yes, God wants you healthy, but it has nothing. He is not a man who focuses on what is seen. He's the God of the unseen. And when we focus on the unseen, then the seen comes in line with what is unseen. That, if you can get through that matrix, you've crossed over. Amen? You've got to get through that, that paradox of going into the unseen, dying to what you see, dying to your flesh, dying to whatever it is you think, and get after the person that pursues the heart of the Father here will be the free. They will be the ones who will love what they see in the mirror, will proclaim the truth that they have, even though the world will constantly try to throw you the illusions that aren't uh, measured with God's kingdom and God's truth. You're going to have to fight that battle well. Amen? But here's how you know you have an idol. Write this down if you don't know it. All the Rev. Well instructors know this because we say it a lot. <clears throat> Idols consume you as you pursue them. They consume you as you pursue them. So you think about it all the time. I used to thank God, if only my marriage, if only my husband would just say this today, if only he would love you. God, my, mar- my husband, my husband, my eyes were always on what's wrong with him, what's wrong with him. So it consumed me. Idols consume you while you pursue them. They disappoint you when you get them, which is so true. Because I, I, uh, idols consume you as you pursue them. They consume you. The whole point of an idol is to draw you further in and further away from worshiping God, from giving any attention to truth, noble, praiseworthy things, and just draws you into wasted time goes back to valuing something really high and spending a lot of energy on it and having zero gain. Idols consume you as you pursue them, disappoint you when you get them. Once even my husband and our marriage has had transformation, which, by the way, it has, um, it still isn't like the ultimate fulfilling thing. Right? Like, he still lets me down. It isn't God. It, it, will, it will disappoint me. It disappoints me. What do we do with disappointment? I'm going to do a whole teaching on disappointment. Hi, Russia. Welcome. Last step of idolatry. Idols consume you as you pursue them. Disappoint you when you get them. And devastate you when you lose them. Devastate you when you lose them. Right? That's why we don't have to worry about any of that with God. Nothing with God. We have to run through our hearts the disappointment that we have in God. Let's be honest. I have been disappointed in God. (laughs) I have been disappointed. But I can't see the end game. So I know that when I, that's why when we get to heaven, we'll be like, oh, that's right. Good play, God. Good play. Because I camp out in my disappointment with God. I have made my life the point. My idolatry is, God, you're supposed to do this for me. I'm the elder daughter, the elder brother. Amen? That's not the point. God's the point. And he never disappoints. We keep our eyes fixed on the unseen. He never, he never devastates. Never devastates. We're eternal. It goes on and on, like as Paul would say, right? Persecuted but not abandoned. 
struck but not crushed. So there's no devastation that even, we just constantly, every beating or every wave kind of creates a strength in us and an increase and we survive it. All right. Any advice for simply eating healthy and making good food choices? Stay in the challenge. You're going to find a lot of that out. I'm curious because, okay. Uh, oh, that's the one that was asking about. Okay, second, this clean hearting is so important. Yes, you mentioned this may be the last one. Would there be any way this video uh, material and Q&A can be made available on DVD for us to study? This would be such an awesome tool. Yeah, this, I don't know. Um, I love doing this. I love, like, this is just breathing to me. Um, and, whoops. I think um, I can't make any promises for 2016. Love what someone just said, Revel Anderson. Yes. Hi, Courtney. Oh, how cute your picture is. Uh, yeah. Do way less to feed more would be my next thing. I would say do way less to feed more um, if you're worried about when clean hearting is over. I don't know what we're going to do with clean hearting. We might package it and make it more of just a drip where you want to do it yourself and go through it. We might do that. Um, I haven't made any final decisions with it. I know that God is writing um, new stuff in me. Like, I'm dying to write. I'm, well, I am writing new stuff. But uh, my team has me um, kind of benched for a little bit because we need to do some behind-the-scenes work in our ministry. Really, you can pray for me. It's not the fun stuff, but it's stuff that needs to get done. So I have to keep my attention there. Um, so I'm just kind of metering it out. It might come back in the fall, maybe. Uh, but in the meanwhile, get in a way less to feed more. There's plenty of um, facilitators. So you can go to the website, revelationwellness.org, and you can find a live, another one. And they've been trained by us, by me. They know this mission, the message, the vision. They get it. They know it. They hear from God. They, they're they leading out with me. Um, and, yes, Jamie Ewan, that's her. She's doing one right now with way less to feed more. So you find them, and they'll walk along with you. Get in the community with them. Find the Revelation Fitness class. I mean, it doesn't end in the 30 days, uh, and I'll always be around. So I don't know exactly when, but we might. Um, I agree with you. At some point, I believe clean hearting will get shelved where it just holds a place where people want to do it, they can do it, because I have new things that I want to birth um, in 2017 for sure. Maybe, maybe if my team lets me, um, 2016. Look, see, I'm teachable. I'm teachable. All right. Those are all the questions that came in. I can look one more time to see. Oh, this is a question from Lisa. What is Periscope TV? The link doesn't work. Is a way to get to this. Oh, does anyone see if you're on Periscope? I've been sending out the link on your daily emails. Is that coming to you guys? Are you getting it? Is anyone clicking on it? And maybe you have to have the Periscope app for it to work. Yes. I sent an email to you, but I may need one, one, LOL. Um, yeah. Okay. So Periscope is an app, and it's on catch. This one is not on catch. This one is not on catch um, because we don't have Revelation Wellness connected to catch. Um, I'll talk about fasting in a second. <clears throat> Periscope is an app that you can get on your smartphone or your iPad. Download the app. Then once you download it, Go and look for the Elisa Keaton of Revelation Wellness channel. And by the way, you can you it wants you to have a Twitter account, but you don't have to. You can just use the app with your phone number, so that works too. So you can override it if you're like, I don't have a Twitter account. No, you don't need a Twitter account. 
you can just sign in with your phone number for Periscope. Um, maybe in order to have your own channel, you might need to have a Twitter account, but to watch or follow or participate, you can just sign in with your phone number. Um, and then find the Revelation Wellness channel, which I'm on right now, um, and find the Elisa Keaton channel, which I'm doing kind of daily periscopes um, throughout the challenge. This is where we will do the weekly call. This is where we'll do the weekly big calls. Um, and that's what that is. I don't know why that, that link should work, even if I sent it to your computer. I sent an email about freedom bonded. You sent it? Let me look. I don't see it, girl. Info at revelationwellness.org. You can send it again. Getting close. I would like to pray for everyone in the last um, few minutes. I am passionate about prayer. I'm passionate about healing prayer. Oh, wait. Here's one on coffee. What's your opinion on coffee? I'm sadly an addict and haven't had courage to quit, you sweet thing. Yeah, crazy, right? We live in a crazy coffee culture. Um, again, I say this. Uh, it goes, I just read a study three days ago about coffee and how great it is for you. <laughs> and um, then I read another study about it's not good for you. It, again, the studies, everything with a grain of salt. I think you really are accountable to that place of, um, where you just know, <clears throat> where you're like, I really, I drink this more than I drink water. I think that's a high concern to me. We are chronically dehydrated. Right now, see, everyone, everyone grabs their water bottle. Huh? Chronically dehydrated. Way too many things to choose from. Did you know that by the time you drop body or dehydration, like 2 or 3% or your body content, goes down by two or three, your body water content goes down by two or three percent, you're already, your brain is functioning at one percent less capacity. So the, the message there is the more hydrated are, the more um, optimal our health, right? So if we're drinking coffee more than water, I'm pretty sure the Lord is really gracious there, especially if you know you're tired, you start, coffee eventually um, backfires, right? Gets you going, but then eventually drains you so then you need more coffee. Um, I would encourage to just begin to pull some out <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Ask the Lord. Some people go cold turkey. That's going to be a, a rough three days. And listen, we all um, are going to, um, as we're pulling out sugar, because sugar is coming out, if you're eating from this food list and you're going to see in the next few days what this looks like more and more by taking out these processed foods, which is really to take out sugar in our diet, um, you're going to have some headaches and withdrawals and you're going to be grumpy and you're going to be mad at me and you're going to, some of you are just going to give up and I and wish you'll hear my voice now and say that's no, a lie. Don't participate with it. You have what it takes to keep going. Um, drink a lot of water during those times that you're pulling out from the sugar uh, and um, eat fruits and vegetables and things that will help you to feel satiated. So the same goes with coffee. You, as you pull out, it's going to be a little bit un un irritable. But I would say do. <laughs> that my feeling on coffee is if it's mastering you, then uh, it's something to give to the Lord. And someone asked about fasting. Oh, yeah, soda is so bad for you. <sighs> soda. It's a Franken food, a Franken drink. There's nothing. 
There's really nothing in soda. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Can I just tell you, I grew up as a child, my after-school snack, just just to let you know some background, my after-school snack was um, a ding-dong and a Coke. I like that. I like that, people. I remember sometimes I'd shake it up with a Snickers and a Coke, and then it would just sugar rolling around my mouth. I'm, I'm, um, was not, this is all stuff that the Lord taught me in breaking, going a new direction. Uh, yeah, so fasting will be a part of it. I encourage the fasting, um, in what you, you already are all as you're eating whole foods this month and giving up and fasting the processed foods and the junk food and the candies and the things that are not on this list. Uh, 1963, listen, your mind is deprived, and in the name of Jesus, I bless you to get clean. In the name of Jesus, get clean. Ah, uh, figured out parts, though, great. How does what affect your workout? Coffee? I think that's what you're asking. Oh, how does fasting affect your workout? Um, fasting is, uh, yeah, it will affect your workouts. You need to be, I mean, if you're fasting from, there's fasting from elements, like we're fasting an element fast, is taking out processed foods, taking out sugar or whatever that is. It shouldn't affect your, your workouts that much. I mean, initially you're going to feel a little more sluggish, but as you put in the high nutrient food, more of that nuts are like my saving grace, nuts. Um, then you will you'll you'll be okay. But if you were to fast completely from food for a certain amount of time, which I believe it definitely is a spiritual discipline, it's not a weight loss plan. Uh, that's something um, the enemy stole, like really fasting to lose weight. But to fast to hear from the Lord, to fast to get real clear, fasting is our way of saying, God, I want you more than anything else. I'm willing to put all my needs away. I don't even care about it. You're worth it. Um, I've done some of my most amazing fasts I've been in very desperate hours, and God is faithful to speak because I need to hear from them. Like I can't, God, if I don't hear from you, I, I don't, I don't want to eat until it's almost our way of, of having this holy rebellion in our soul to say, I don't need anything else but God. Um, but when we do that, uh, that's a really powerful thing, and I wouldn't work out really during my fast. I might go for a walk and stuff, but I wouldn't, I'm not looking to crush it during my fast because it's not about that. All right. I hope this was helpful to you guys. I know it just tends to unravel more and more questions. Um, and um, yes, amen, Sarah B. Brown. Uh, it's a fast for me. I don't ever see. I thought it's kind of our tendency to go, I'm going to fast from here to there. And like we're trying to set a record or something. I personally just go in, unless I've heard God say, I want a three-day fast, I've unless it's just clear to me that he, because I don't like the thought of a three-day fast. Some people have done 40-day fast. I mean, I don't even like, I don't like fasting. That's why I know when I'm fasting, I'm getting after the Lord, because I I don't like fast. (laughs) I prefer comfort of food. I like nutrition. Uh, But I tend to just just go in, and I know it's time to come out. He'll just tell me when it's time to come out. Um, I can do a whole teaching on fasting in one of the periscopes, so I will do that. All right, I've got to go. I want to let you go. I'm grateful that you, oh, someone did 100 days, mercy. I'm grateful that you are here. I'm grateful that 
73 of you hanging out in Periscope still. And um, for those of you on the call, I pray this blessed you as you're out and about doing your thing. Um, you guys are running some questions here. Let me pray. And then I look forward to talking to you in the morning. If you're in the Clean Hearting Challenge, I'll be in your inbox in the morning. You're so welcome. Thanks, you guys. And feel free to continue your uh, emails or your, yeah, your questions at info at. Again, I know I won't get to all of them during the challenge. There's over 800 people in the challenge. So pray for one another. You're not alone. I love it. Um, shows that it's, uh, that this really is an army rising up. And um, you can also go back to the Facebook page called uh, Facebook Clean Harding Together if you want to join that. There's lots of things going on back there. I just ask you all take me off the hook. I can't respond to every question. Know that I do read them. I do see them. And there's a team of us praying. So let me pray. Uh, Father God, God, you are good. We say it, we sing it, and we want to believe it, Lord. We want to know it, Father. We want to know it. I pray that you would change our eyes, God, that we would perceive the kingdom, that not just to see this world, Lord, but to see through it, Lord, to love the world but not be of it, God, and how you have designed us, Lord. What is our purpose? What is our mission? What is our call here, God? I bind up a spirit of confusion, shame, and accusation in the name of Jesus. However, it has attached itself to our beauty or our worth or what we see in a mirror. We, we see it and we just cast it and say, no, you have no place here. God, I pray uh, your mercy and your grace would fill the void, the places where um, old habits and old patterns Lord, uh, where they're removed, where, there's a, where it feels like, what do we do now in this new place, God, that your mercy and your grace would become a reality in every person's life here, God, a reality that we need you. We're desperate for you. We want to know you. We want to hear your voice. We want to respond to your voice, God. I declare that each person in this challenge who presses in and does the work, they will be better hearers of you. They will know who they are and know who they are and what they're called to do, God, that you will speak intimately and particularly with each person as to what their eating, their movement, their life, their nutrient lifestyle is to look like, God. I pray that you would give us um, an awareness of schemes, an awareness of gimmicks, an awareness of falseness, and we just cast down the lies and the counterfeits and uh, God, we see those as leaning against cobwebs, Father. We just come and ask for the spirit of power and love and self-control to unleash itself in this community. And not only that it would stop with us, Lord, but it would go into our kids, our homes, our families. Lord, I pray for spouses, for those that are unequally yoked in this, for those spouses that are still wanting to eat this way and kids that way. God, the tension of that, Lord, I pray for the one that you called to the front lines that are pioneering this, God, I pray that you give them steadfastness, contentment, kindness, gentleness, and firmness, and grace upon grace and acts of mercy in their home to see, Lord, that you are God. They do not have to be the God or the Holy Spirit of their people, but you are God. I pray people would get more on their knees for you, God. Um, I know, Lord, it's just not attractive in the way the world would offer us transformation and change. I pray you would change our appetite to want this humble way, go the way of the cross, Lord, and to know that resurrection always happens, always comes, that suffering never has the final say, and that whatever we suffer on this side, God, we're given strength and increase on your side. So we'll take that bet, God. 
thank you. We love you. We honor you. We give you our lives. We give you our bodies. We give you our thoughts, our feelings. Come and lead us. Bid our hearts to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Thank you, conference call. Bless you guys. And um, I will see you next week on this channel. Follow Lisa Keaton on my Periscope tomorrow. All right. I'm hanging up conference call. Bless you.